podcast where we're going through our 2020 challenge list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Megan Griffith. Megan, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing okay. It's been a week. It's been yes. the time. Yes. So. If I didn't think the world could explode anymore, I'd need to stop thinking that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time <laughs> you turn around, it's like, oh. Yeah. Something yeah. else. I've had the song, This is America, stuck mm. in my head all week, mm-hmm. which is fitting. It's Very. more than fitting. But also just like, this is America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. But yeah. So, <laughs> uh, before we get into what we read for the podcast, uh, let's see. Last time, I believe you said you were going to read Bookish and Themes. Did you read that or anything else? Anything good that you've read lately? <laughs> uh, so I did not because I can't find my e-reader. I think I might know where it is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to pick up the couch after oh, this. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, it's it's still like I'm really excited and want to read it. Uh, I didn't get around to it, but I did start the book Havenfall, which is a YA book about this like hotel in Colorado that is like the bridge point between all these different magical dimensions. And it's like the, like where all the delegates come to talk about the different dimensions and stuff. And it's a cool concept. The book's okay. Um, Really liking the concept. The cover is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's like this blue snowy mountain. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I've, I I feel like I read something else, but I think I just done a lot of audio dramas Mm -hmm. this week. Um, what about you? Uh, you were going to finish the next part of, yeah. I always get the order wrong, but it's salt, <laughs> fat, acid, and I'm forgetting yes, heat. heat. Yep. No, that's the right order. Yes. So I finished acid. I'm still in heat right now, which is okay. a weird way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's talking about cooking, like, at, is it at cooking at appropriate temperatures or cooking to appropriate temperatures? Or is it like heat as in like chili? No, it's definitely heat of like when to use a low heat, when to use a high heat. She talked about ovens and how it's the most imprecise thing, which, so, okay, I used to have an electric stove at my old apartment. And when I first moved into that apartment, I went to make brownies. And after the 30 minutes on the box, it was still liquid. And I was like, this is not nearly hot enough. Like it said, I think it said that it had gotten like a beeped or whatever to say it was at the right temperature. So I just threw them in. It was not, the oven was broken. Um, but the way I tested it out to make sure to tell my landlord was I bought like just a little cheap oven thermometer thing, stuck it in. And I was like, oh, you are not getting hot at all. So I kept that. So in the gas stove, I put that in to see because I just wanted to see like how the dial lined up with what it actually was. And I was like, oh, if I want it at, say, 350 and I set it to 350, it gets to 4, 450, <laughs> 400, 425. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she talks about how the oven is like the most imprecise thing where if you set it to 350, it may get up to like 370 and then it'll drop to 330 and then it'll go back up, at you know, to like. Interesting. Yeah. And then if you open the door, you just. Yeah, that I this, do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, she very much advocates for just like learning to trust your senses, and like relying okay. on those um, to know when, like, it's done. So, um, that's really cool. But I'm definitely one who has cooked things on way too high of a heat. So I'm trying to like turn that dial down and pay attention. Yeah. And like, even though the eggs, let's say scrambled eggs will come out faster if it's higher, they're also drier. <laughs> they so, are also drier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is one thing that I've like, it's really hard to cook that on low heat, but you gotta, 
you gotta yeah. my my stovetop I feel like never gets to a good low heat. I feel like all of it's too high I on feel my like, new stove. Okay, so I feel like my gas stove it's like Yeah. It just gets so hot. <laughs> yeah. Like the definition of low on that is much lower or I'm sorry, much hotter than a low on yeah. it. So I'm still I've learned, but I'm still learning because I'm trying to like follow Samin's, you know, her advice. <laughs> yeah, like I've like started using a bigger pan and like scooting it to the side where I'm like, you're not getting as much heat. Right. I don't know. Right. It's such a mess. It's, yeah. But then she like, she talks about this on the show, like how your oven is hottest in the back. And so. Oh, good to know. When she talked in the show and she's in the heat episode and she does um, roast chicken She's like, push it towards the back, and then you take it out at a certain point and, like, rotate it. Like, I think she, you put it in so that the back of the bird is facing towards, like, the back corner. Something, because that's, like, the hottest part, and then you rotate it. I don't know. But, Interesting. Yeah. I do want to make it, because it's her buttermilk chicken where she marinates it in buttermilk. And I was like, that sounds like it's going to come out super moist and tasty. Oh, that sounds But so I'm good. committed to finishing the book before I make any recipes. <laughs> so, Valid. Yeah. So what we read this week for the podcast was, some, was we wanted to pick something from Obama's end of year list, and we chose Lot Stories by Brian Washington. Um, I had not read this. I hadn't read anything by Brian Washington. I don't think you had either, right? No, although I was looking at his picture earlier, and I must have read an article by him or something. He just looks so familiar. Mm-hmm. So either he's been to a convention that okay. I've been to or I've read, cause I, I was looking at his website and he's posted articles and some of these have shown up in other places. Um, but nothing that I could point to and be like, this is how I know him and his name. Uh, cause even his first like fiction book is set to come out in October. So it's not like someone who was in the fiction world who I, I yeah, I have, I don't know why he looks familiar, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I didn't know anything about him. Or this book. I don't even remember this book coming out, but apparently it was part of the book of the month book of the month club. Oh. So Do you know, Yeah, it got some traction. Yeah. Do you know what his fictional book is supposed to be about? Because I'm curious. I liked this. <laughs> oh, it is uh it sounded interesting. It was a queer dramedy. I'm looking it up really quick. I think it's called Memorial. It is called Memorial. Mm. Okay. Uh, it drops October 6th. Um, it is a gay slacker dramedy. And I took notes because there are so many books about gay men mm-hmm. that are written by women that it is almost considered to be a fetish. Mm-hmm. And some circles it's a very interesting line um and so i really take note when queer men write about queer men mm-hmm. so uh that those three words are enough to get me to buy it yeah i'm like how do we add this in the podcast because it sounds like both of us are gonna read this <laughs> yeah actually yeah we might as well just yeah it's yeah. going to be a future episode all right awesome <laughs> we can do what we want with the 2020 challenge list <laughs> Yeah, you know what? 2020 has decided that it's going to do whatever it wants. We're going to do whatever we want. Right. It's fine. Right. It's Of fine. the podcast we are in charge of. <laughs> yes, of the podcast yeah. we are in charge of. <laughs> uh, it's going to be all... In case you didn't realize we were going that way. Yeah. Yeah, things are outside, like, are just crazy. So if this whole year ends up being us doing fun stuff, I yeah. would not mind that because I don't know... 
how much heavy stuff I want to read for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, with the everything being so heavy, I am down for continuing to find people of color and people who uh, are underrepresented mm-hmm. that write fun things like w- what we did two books ago. Um, Death Prefers Blondes. I was like, what did we read? <laughs> <laughs> I could see the cover in my head. Yeah. Um, I am down for that as much as humanly possible. I just am not. This was borderline too much. This of just being heavy. It was heavy. Um, so these short stories, basically our main character throughout most of the short stories in this book is a young man whose name we don't actually get until the very last one. Nicholas. Nicholas. <laughs> um, he's a young gay teen living in Houston. And it's kind of like. I don't know if it's like coming of age story. Like he's a young teen. He doesn't seem to be grappling with his sexuality. More like this is what it is, but I'm also not really talking to my family about it. Yeah. Um, dealing with poverty, uh, dealing with family issues with a dad who keeps leaving to, to his mistress's house and coming back and leaving until he finally just leaves and stays gone. Um, and then we do have, there's like some other little one-offs of people um, told from other people's perspectives that I did. I really liked how those were. I got a little confused at first. I was like, wait, what's happening? Oh, okay. I see what we're doing here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting weaving of the short stories. And I think based on a lot of reviews that I've read, um, if you don't quite understand how they're woven together, it makes it a little harder to read mm-hmm. and less enjoyable. Um, I think a lot was the name of the restaurant, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. And so once they finally said that, I was like, okay, so the overarching, I guess. Um, I really loved this. Mm-hmm. I really did. I I don't love a ton of short story collections, um, but this one felt very real. Mm-hmm. And um, just like snapshots into these people's lives. Yes. And I just really appreciated that. And definitely felt like realistic snapshots, like you said. Um there's mentions about Hurricane Harvey and the actor effect and just like being like, oh, right, Houston, this this makes yeah. sense, you know, um, feels very real. Yeah, it's a city that, um, I mean, every city has poverty areas. It's just not one that I guess I ever really think of as mm-hmm. having poverty areas. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I think of Texas as like this big middle state or like middle Mm -hmm. America state. I don't know how to describe it, but it's just not the, like when I think of cities with poverty, I think of cities in the North for the primary and then Atlanta because I've lived there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was a kind of cool because Houston, no, I'm thinking Austin. Austin is kind of the new foodie city. Mm. Um, But yeah, I I guess I just don't really think about Houston a lot. I guess is what I'm trying to say. There was a part where in one of the stories he talks about how he hooks up with a Peter Parker type and then they go yes. for a walk around the neighborhood and he's taking all these pictures of the neighborhood and everything and he's like, oh, why didn't they rebuild after Harvey? And he was like, this is what it looked like before Harvey. Like, yeah, that's the reality. Yeah. And then there was this one guy who was like telling him how honored he should feel or like that he grew up here or yeah. something. And he was like, then you fucking grow right. up here. Like, are you going to move here and live this experience? Yeah. No, 
no, no. Yeah. You're going to go back to your little middle class suburbs and stay there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the family is uh, Nicholas, his brother, Javi, and his sister, Jan. And then their mom and their dad. Their mom is black. Their dad's Latino. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of themes that keep coming up throughout his story and then also the one-offs that we get. Um, I guess. Trying to think of the best way to phrase it. Men not treating women super well. (laughs) Yeah. There are not a lot of men that are awesome in this book. No. No, there's not. Um, His dad keeps cheating on his mom. Uh, There's a a part where our narrator's talking about how dad could have been discreet about it. He could have been more secretive. He could have been more or less obvious. And then, but he wasn't. He just didn't care. Not that to respectfully cheat on if you're still cheating. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, but he just didn't care enough. So to the point where the story, the little snippet that we get where when he brings Nicholas to the woman's house, that was, what uh, is that? That was something. And like, what did he like? And then like, it's not even just that we get a snippet of him bringing him to his mistress, to his dad's mistress's house. We also get them returning home. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the conversation with the mom after, right. and yeah, that was a lot. It was it's like he brings him to the mistress, tells the mistress, "Oh, this is my nephew. I'm babysitting for my sister." And she like, so you yeah. also don't really respect her either because you think she one, you're lying. Two, you think she's dumb enough to believe this lie, and she totally doesn't. Um, they leave him in the living room and go have sex. Basically, he starts looking around and he realizes, oh, this is where all the pictures and the little knickknacks and stuff that used to be in my house or our house have disappeared to that we thought we lost. But they just kept disappearing over the years. Dad was bringing them here to his second house. Okay, was it his dad's second house? I mean, I'm going to call it that because his dad was gone for stretches at a time, it sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, because I was like, is it his dad owns two houses or is it? I the, think it was the mistress's the house. Going to the but, mistress. Yeah, but okay. she let him stay. But also, there was a comment about how this was the last time he would see that mistress. I don't know. Well, yeah, because I mean, I assume that his dad left for her. Could have been someone else. But when he left, he yeah. left for good. He just didn't, like, it's not like he was like, oh, we're separating and getting divorced. Kids, come over to my house for the weekend. It was, I've cut off no. this entire family that I've created. Yep. Likely now has a second one that he is yeah. cheating on. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely a theme. We also see it with Javi, his brother, where when he brings girls home to sleep with, um, Nicholas remarks how he very often doesn't even bother to walk them out. And then we often don't see them again. Or he doesn't yeah. see the same you know, girl again. Um, yeah, not a lot of great guys. No, I was... The the second short story is about uh, oh. his neighbor, the woman who is cheating on her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, which I appreciated that difference. Mm-hmm. But it's also told as in a different light. Like... She is cheating because her marriage was one kind of out of necessity in some ways mm-hmm. for her to leave where she was and she had found true love. And then also it ends with the husband killing the mister. Sure. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess like still guys aren't great. Yeah. But because well, it starts uh, with like the description is like the first 
paragraph is like this one run long run on sentence that I really liked that describes it's like her and how they met and the guy. And it did say like Paul, the husband like drags him out and like chokes him. But I didn't, I I just, I guess I thought that the people watching would have stopped him or he would have stopped. You would have. Yeah. You like, at first I was like, did they arrest Paul? Right. Cause then we keep reading it and it's like, Oh, that guy's dead. And they're arresting Paul for murder. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Like I did not think anybody was dead. I just thought thought like maybe it was a fight. (laughs) And we called the cops to break up the fight right. kind of thing. But then right. it was like, James, funeral. And I was like, oh. Right. Okay. Because the thing that killed okay. was like it, the people in the, the area, like the projects or wherever they were living, are basically the ones who told Paul. Like they could see it. They, they could tell what was yeah. going on. And they basically, one person would whisper it here or one person would grumble it there and one person would mention it here to him. But then after that, they sell, because no one comes to claim Mm. what's the guy's name the james james no one i don't think anyone like his family doesn't come to claim his body no. so basically though the, the the neighborhood people put on sort of like a wake type of thing where they celebrate his life with like music and food yeah. and stuff and it's like but y'all told and y'all are kind of why he's dead <laughs> yeah it was and it was kind of like this um you need to understand, dude, she's cheating on you. Not just cheating on you. She's cheating on you with a white dude. Yeah. Not just a white dude. The white dude who lives upstairs. Right. Directly above your head. Like, I really, really loved that story. Because I was just like, y'all are causing so much drama yeah. here. <laughs> like, yeah. this is why you need to stay out of drama. Because yep. someone ends up dying. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. Yes. I'd say the other major theme that we really see is a lot of homophobia, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But also some interesting, I don't know, the brothers, the brother like freaks out about his brother being gay, but also his best friend was gay. Yeah, like the guy he was, he was dealing drugs with. with that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like at the funeral, he makes it a point to make our narrator, Nicholas, look at the casket. And he says, this is what happens true. to F words that that word gets thrown around a lot in this book. Yeah, that word does yeah. get thrown around a lot. Yeah. And then his yeah. dad, too. Like, I feel like there was something where he, he's washing dishes and his dad for the restaurant because the, the family has a restaurant or say mom has a restaurant because dad leaves um, and they live above it. And so. Nicholas is like washing dishes as you have to do at a restaurant. His dad like takes him away from the sink and in Spanish says that's for women and gay men. Like not a nice word for gay men in Spanish. Uh-huh. Um, it's very interesting. Like, I, yeah. So like, I mean, even like his mom and sister who kind of accept it. Mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes. Yeah. Uh, like, his sister's still like, how's the queer thing going? And I'm just like, that's an interesting way. And then his mom basically is like, turn straight and have grandchildren mm-hmm. or I'm leaving you. Which, okay, no, that I, that is a very basic interpretation and not a really good one. Like, I get why she leaves. Mm-hmm. 
But she does basically say that at one point. It's not yeah. basically the reason she leaves, but she does say that at one yeah. point. It's like, it's, I think she would ask about him having kids for like a while, a while, and finally she stopped. So it seemed like she realized, no, he's not going to settle down with a nice girl and have kids. Right. But then when she's considering moving to Louisiana back with her sisters, she says she would stay if he gave her a reason, and the reason would be grandkids. And right. he was like, you have Jan. Jan, his sister, has a kid by that point. Um, but Jan doesn't, like, super come around a lot. Jan is married no. to a white guy. And the way our narrator tells it is she kind of dropped them as soon as she got the ring on her finger. Yeah. Uh, but it also seemed like we didn't get much, we didn't get a lot of Jan. Um, when he talks about his brother, he, we, we get details on what his brother is doing with Jan. It's just she's gone. She's just not at the house. She's not coming around. Even before before she marries this guy. It's just Jan's not around. Yeah, I wonder if... I do wonder how much of this is based on his own family mm-hmm. and upbringing. Um, I do wonder, like, the age gap between the two. Mm-hmm. And if that's part of the reason why. Um, she basically drops her family. She says some terrible things to her mom and her brother. Mm-hmm. And all of that's kind of forgiven because she has a grandchild. Mm-hmm. And, man, if that is not the definition of my family. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, the whole uh, all is forgiven because there's a grandchild. Have seen that Mm -hmm. way too many times. Uh, That it, like, (laughs) there are some things that hit really close to home in this book. That one, I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) That is. Yeah. 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 That was a very interesting one. We do actually get a chapter told from Jan's perspective, which was kind of nice. We do. Because we don't get one told from Javi's perspective, although Javi is more... Right? Is he not the Chupacabra? Oh, crap. Was that him? This is a book where I totally want to go back and reread it because I want to see more ways that all those one-offs intersect with ours. Oh, no, I can't remember. Um... I feel like it was because there was maybe, and I may be only thinking it because there was talk of how his brother knocked up a woman. And then the next one was about a dude who had knocked up a woman. And that might be why I was thinking that. The Chupacabra one, I felt the thing was that the woman who was pregnant was pre- was having someone else's baby. There was definitely another guy involved. I don't remember. But it would make sense as to why it looked like to our narrator that his brother dropped the girl mm-hmm. after thinking he had knocked her up and then to find out um, and that may be why I might be reaching I watched a lot of this or watched a lot of this <laughs> I read a lot of this while watching Degrassi and had hit the episode <laughs> of Degrassi where Marco is coming out to his dad so oh, wow. okay. <laughs> so I'm like okay which one is Degrassi and which one is the boy um, <laughs> oh man so we may have gotten a story from Javi's perspective. I am absolutely going to have to reread this. I do want to. Um, yeah, at the very least, I re- need to reread that one to see who it was. Yeah. Because I thought it was... I can't find which chapter it is. Oh, I want to say... by you. Yes. His friend Mix. Because that one is... I started it, and I got halfway through, and it was like... What the fuck am I reading? Yeah. And restarted it. They... And then had to look up what Chupacabra was again. <laughs> because I was like, 
what is going on here? I was honestly like, okay, this is not a chupacabra. What is this animal that you found? Because yes. chupacabras, not, they're not real. What is this? No. That's why I was like, I thought this was a mythical creature. Did we get all mythical here? Right. Like, is this like taking a push into magical realism? Right. But also, like, I love the idea of like, we found a fucking chupacabra and we have called the news and everybody's going, this is not, this is not... Also, that it could fit into a duffel bag. Right. Oh, right. I love this book. It was so much fun. Yeah. Maybe. At... No. Okay. This is not. It's not his brother. Okay. Because um, this narrator of the Chupacabra story says, my mom, my mother's love story was the usual hood dramedy. She's a, a, a cute guy, basically. Grandma's not down for the race mixing. Um, but she, the guy gets her pregnant and it looks like he's going to stay. But then this guy's dad leaves. After he's born. So then I was born and he stepped out for a glass of water. And believe it or not, he's been thirsty okay. ever since. So That's right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we do get that one from his sister's perspective. Um, that was interesting because we get to kind of see when she tells the family she's getting married. I did think it was interesting. I think the mom says something like, you didn't even ask my permission or something yeah. like that. And she's like, she, she laughs in her mother's face and is like, well, why would I? I mean, also, you don't need your parents' permission when you're an adult. To get married? Um. No, I agree. And I I couldn't get a read on... Well, okay. Like, I know she's... They're all forced to kind of work in this restaurant, this family restaurant and everything. I don't know. They're, I couldn't get a read on if I'm supposed to like the sister or not. Like, if she is actually a selfish, terrible person, or if she is someone who was able to escape from maybe not a great... And honestly, it's probably both. But. Yeah, like, because she. Wanted this to be blacker and whiter than it was. Yeah. Like. Clearly, like, they all had to basically. So, later in the book, when mom is going to Louisiana and she, she tells Nicholas, you can come with me, my sister said that they'll have you. And he was like, well, who asked you to do that? Because her sisters dropped her and the whole family. Uh, because yeah. they were not also down for the race mixing. Um, she basically says to him, well, you need to decide what you're doing. Are you staying? You're gonna, if you're going to stay, why are you staying? And then you need to live with that. It seems like... And Jan tries to talk to him very realistically, too, when Mom is thinking about selling the restaurant before that conversation. Um, yeah. About the why and what you're doing. And it's like they all have to come... It's like, I don't know making the best decisions you can for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like Jan, that's what Jan was doing. She was out trying to whatever she could do. Yeah. Just not, I don't know, whatever she felt was best for herself at the time. She it's had hard. a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, like it wasn't like she lucked into this, you know, marriage or that she got knocked up and had to get married kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it sounded like this was an actual you know, connection. Yeah. Um, that we know nothing. Oh no, I guess his name is Tom. I yeah. think, And he's a decent guy. Um, and those have to be the cutest kids. <laughs> I did like the description of like, when he, when the baby comes around, I like get to pinch his cheek. Like this is Nicholas talking. Yes. Like, I was like, Oh yeah. Cause babies are super cute. <laughs> yes. Especially when you could um, give them back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
it does feel a lot like Nicholas is is upset or even that doesn't even feel like the right word. Um, unsettled with the fact that his brother and sister both found a way out. Yeah. And he really can't. Right. Although like he's given these opportunities right. and can't. There is when he's getting close to graduation or no. Okay. So his brother, Javi leaves, he goes and enlists in the military. Yeah. Um, once he leaves, mom starts pushing Nicholas to really like school, 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 college, get out of here. College is your way. Um, he hadn't really cared about school till then, but he started to care. His guidance counselor started to take notice um, he graduates. I think he tries a couple weeks of community college and then is like done. Like he stops going. Yeah. And I can't remember what the line is, but it's something like no alarms went off. The phone didn't ring because you're, it's community. It's college. Like you're an adult. If you don't come, yeah. you don't come. Uh, but he was basically just like, we they all, have your money. Right. Way. <laughs> it's like we live in the world and what, whatever you do is whatever you're going to do type of thing. Right. Um, and his sister, like he's he he's upset when mom wants to sell the restaurant. Yes. Which I know that can be hard. Like you grew up above right above it, you grew up there in the restaurant and then in the apartment above it. Changes all the And I can hard. also understand feeling like you've put this much of your life and effort into it yeah. just to turn around and sell it. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't feel like an anti gentrification reason. It's more of just like, what do I have mm-hmm. if I don't have this? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely that. What do I have if I don't have this? Not wanting change, not wanting to, just not wanting to change. Right. You know, because change is hard. Uh, but Jan's, yeah. Jan speaks to him very plainly about it. Like, you gotta make, you gotta figure out what you're doing because that sale went also, because Jan actually knew the sale had gone final, it was finalized the week before the realtor actually showed up to talk to them. Um, so Yeah. And Jan didn't want any of the money. Like she did, yeah. She didn't. She was, yeah. She's like, I don't need it. Right. Um, she does say, if mom, because he's like, like mom isn't going to give you some. She's like, I wouldn't take it. You both need it. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. I think this would be a really fun book for like. Um. I was going to say a psych class, but I don't think that's what I mean. Maybe a sociology yeah. class. Understanding family dynamics is like a yeah. really interesting because nothing in here is really what you would expect. I was about to say stereotypical and I don't feel like that's the right word to use here, but it's not what you would expect any of this. Like it is like, we know that this is about a gay kid mm-hmm. from like almost the first page. And you're right. It's not a coming to terms or coming out book. Like, there's never the story of, like, and this is how I came out to my family. Mm-hmm. That's not true. There is him telling his brother. That's true. But it's so late in the book that it, again, still doesn't feel like a coming out thing. Yeah. It just was like, this is the last time I kind of talked to my brother. Yes. Story. Because Rather than, this is how I came out to my brother. Right. Because and he tells his brother via letter first yes so he writes him a letter accidentally yeah i don't know if it was accidentally it just seemed like it kind of flowed out of him and that's what he said he told him everything he told him how he tried to do these things with girls and it just something was wrong or off not wrong something was just off it just it wasn't 
It just didn't feel right. Like there was something else out there. Um, and then you hooking up with boys and things feel right, I guess. Real? Real. Yeah. yeah. Like this was the thing that was missing, I guess, like the attraction. Um, yeah. So when his brother comes home on leave, the one time he comes home on leave, actually, no, after that, he says that he never gets another letter from his brother. Mom gets a letter. Jan gets a letter. Mom gets a letter. Jan, he never gets another letter from his brother. Um, so when his brother comes home from leave, that's when he talks to him, like actually talks to him about it. And unfortunately, it's the reaction that you might expect of his brother hitting him and they don't talk about it anymore. And that's that. Yeah. I took that as like the, the, what he wrote in the letter is that, and kind of this entire book is that he fell in love with a guy, his best friend. Like the, the first story is all about him and this other family and the relationship between the two um, and kind of the hypocriticalness of his father and how he treats this, this other family. And he basically fell in love with, I think his name was Ricky. Mm. In the first, first story? Yes. Because it was uh, Roberto. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. And I knew it was an R. Yeah. There, I think um, there actually is a Ricky somewhere else. Or a Rick. Rat? No, there's a Rod. In one of and there's a Raul. There's, there's a lot of R's. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he basically like talks about his kind of... It's not even expressed as like his sexual awakening. It just was like that suddenly they were doing this and like it was never a moment of like, we need to talk about right. this. It just, they were in love. And then suddenly in the middle of the night, the family was gone. Yeah. And I kind of took it, especially by the point where he was writing his brother and really with the last story is like, maybe he never moved past that love or had a really hard time and like tried doing, you know, things with girls to see or whatever. But it was like, this is where his heart has always been. Yeah. Cause like also I just, he's not bi. He's, I don't think he's like attracted to women. I think no. he was trying to do these things cause that's what you're in air quotes supposed to do as a teenage boy. Yeah. Like this is what his brother was doing, bringing all these girls in and out of the house. Like, that's and then his dad had multiple women besides his mom, so right. this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and it just it's not feeling the way like I think it's supposed to be feeling, or the way it felt like with Roberto or like other guys, and like this isn't it's not right because it's not it doesn't fit with what he wants, right? Um, I was gonna say something else, I forgot. Oh. I kind of, I wonder, like, you know how sometimes you'll read something or there'll be a show or, or people saying, like, I came out to my family and they were like, yeah, we knew. Like, I'm glad you are yes. telling us what we knew. I am I got the sense that his dad, like, they picked up on it or knew because of all of the comments about, like, washing dishes is for women and the not nice word for gay men. Or I can't, there were other examples of stuff his dad said that guys don't do this. Like, real men don't do this. And, like... His yeah. brother throws around the F word a lot when talking about, like, the friend who died. Like, this is what happens to them. So not wanting to address it and just basically telling him you need to, like, the message being... Trying to shame it out of him. Yeah, trying to shame it out of him. Stop doing this. And also don't talk about what you've done. Yeah. Yeah, the last thing I forgot I did make a note of was Javi saying to our narrator that the only thing worse than a junkie dad is a... We'll say gay son, but using the slur. Um, yeah. So again, feeling like you're just trying to send all these messages of don't be yourself. 
yeah yourself that's right i forgot about that part yeah yeah um we haven't really said what happens with his brother his brother ends up being killed yeah in a car accident on the base i believe not in action um and that it takes a month and four days i think it was for the first his first sergeant to come out to the restaurant to tell them um and then he sounded like it was the stupidest thing he'd ever heard of that how the, this first sergeant, when he's talking about it, that this was like a crazy accident, a stupid accident, sort of like, yes, I guess blaming Javi for it. But yeah, I took that as, as that too, mm-hmm. as it was like, this is something that was preventable, but yeah. he was an idiot. Yeah. Uh, although the mom's sisters do actually come for the funeral. Yes. As do some of the soldiers. Mm-hmm. But then that's the last time that the, that the sisters like come around the next time. Because when his mom is saying, oh, they'll have you in Louisiana years later. He's like, the last time I saw them was Javi's funeral years ago. Yeah. So there's been no communication. This isn't a close family. I'm not going there. I was trying to figure out how, because the, the other one that really hit me that wasn't about the actual central family um, was the discussion of Raul, the mm-hmm. drug dealer. Mm-hmm. In Avery. And, Yes. Mm-hmm. And how, because it starts off with like Raul as the older guy in the drug dealing partnership. And then it switches to how he kind of got into it. And I, I don't know, I guess there was enough of me going like, how do these interrelate? But also that one got so dark. Mm, yeah. And. And the pride of Avery of like his son being out. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like like Avery's been doing this for a long time, but he has a son that he doesn't really see. But he's a good kid. He's in college, and he just at one point tell Raul that he would probably bring his son's neck if he actually saw him on the streets trying to buy. And, right. Um, I did also think it was interesting too because Raul and Avery's relationships. So Raul. Came to the country, doesn't have documentation, so he's trying to find work wherever he can. Um, trying to learn English as well, and he pr- gets to practice with Avery. It seemed like they had like a good relationship, partnership. Um, Avery's always very fair, gives him his share, and then sometimes more than his fair share. Mm-hmm. So, tells that about his son, and then they're driving, and they see a guy who clearly looks like a junkie, strung out, you know. So, they... I think Raul's words are, we always try to avoid the junkies because they're the ones who'll try to stab you. And Avery makes him turn around and goes to talk to him. And then he starts hitting the guy, the young man. And that's when Raul realizes, oh God, that's his son. Yeah. And then the next day he's waiting for Avery at the usual pickup spot to go make their rounds. And Avery doesn't show up. So he goes to their supplier and the supplier's like, oh, Avery's done. So I just also thought it was interesting that even though it seemed like Avery and Roll have a good relationship partnership when Avery's done, he is done, done again, walking out of someone's life. So I took done, done as like Avery was gone, like maybe committed. Oh, I didn't take it like that. Shit. But yeah, because he asks, he goes, is he done or is he done, done? And I took that as like, deceased but also i tend to go to the darkest thing possible i could see that this is something though yeah i took it like done like just done for like a break or done done like done for real but i could absolutely see what you're saying 
and and I can totally see what you're saying too, because <laughs> it's totally the less darker version. I don't know. I guess like there was some he, he was so proud of his son, mm-hmm. and then to realize that his son had ended up as this like I don't want to say mindless, but mm-hmm. basically like this emotionless drone of a junkie, and. I don't know. I guess in my mind, I saw that as being too much mm. as like, and being, but yeah, no, I mean, he could have just gotten out. I mean, we are living in the darkest timeline, so you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are the darkest timeline. Yeah. The Facebook avatars, which were like for a day, everybody was playing with it. Nobody's fucking used that. <laughs> um, and I accidentally hit a button and mine popped up and I had put, um, for anybody not Facebook friends with me, uh, I had created one with the goatee because the goatee nice. always represents the darkest timeline. And I forgot to take off the goatee. So it <laughs> definitely still has a goatee. And I was like, you know what? That's fine. I didn't That's even fine. I didn't even do it. I saw them and I was like, oh, I'll look. And then done. Yeah. What I did was I treated myself to some of Lady Gaga's makeup. <laughs> always. I did. Yes, I spent one of my stress purchases this month was to buy... A bunch of lipstick from the brand that I really love. Uh, because honestly, a lot of mine have uh, are, are almost out. And I'm trying to, as I get ready to pack, like throw away and, and look at things yeah. and go like, I don't need this much makeup. Because even on my like heaviest makeup days, I don't wear it. But I really fucking love lipstick. Yeah, it's also it's easy. Like, I... It's so easy. Don't really do eyeshadow that much. Even when I was going into the office, it was usually maybe like a shimmery one that I wouldn't have to blend. Yeah. Like, no smoky and i just quick no yeah i I, suck at all that eyeliner mascara with the two yes and then lipstick or lip gloss or whatever so her i did her house of whiskey because like whiskey jumped out at me and the color was really nice so it came with the lip liner it is so good on you you. (laughs) the liner the gloss which i was like like it's like good it feels like good quality lip gloss too that's Um, good i'm gonna have to look into this and then like a glimmer that i put like you couldn't really see it but like it was on my eyelids that i was like oh this is one of those that i just like swoop, like pat on to like so it's not super intense and i can easily wear that yeah. to the office whenever that is um yeah and then i got another lip liner and a matte crayon from her <laughs> that was a more neutral nice. that i haven't taken a picture of yet but i like it yeah i uh so i shop at lime crime and I do their matte, which, like, if you watch Riverdale, Cheryl's lipstick, that's entirely where I got this from. Mm. Uh, it's the exact brand, and, and uh, I own the color, but it's not the only color. I own, like, seven or eight. But they had another one that was, like, these fun, like, cherry soda color, or um, oh, what is the other one I got? It'll hit me in a minute. Um, I'm looking up right but now. But they <laughs> smell... Just like I opened the cherry soda one and it smells just like cherry soda. And I was like, oh, I am so happy right now. And it is a perfect red for my face. And basically, it doesn't matter if I'm in quarantine and not fucking leaving my apartment. And when I do leave my apartment, I have to wear a mask. Um, I've been wearing so much lipstick. It's so wonderful. I I love lipstick so much. tried on the Lady Gaga one. And then I was like, oh, let me walk the dog. And I was like, ooh, I got to put a mask on. So we are going to wipe this off because this is not matte. This is going to go everywhere. Yes. Yes. It's so unfortunate. Yes. Another one of the... I am like on a lighter note. It's not super light, but what I'm going to say about it was light. So one of the one-offs that we get reminded me of the Sandlot. (laughs) 
Okay. It's the Peggy Park chapter where it's, they're talking about the kids and it's like, so-and-so could hit really well and now he's a mechanic. Unfortunately, it does, yes. it does get darker where it's like, so-and-so couldn't hit really well and now he's a drunk over on this, this court or, you know, but it like, yeah. it just reminded me very much of that last scene of, of the Sandlot or the second to last scene, I guess, when it, the kids... They're playing the game as a little montage, and then each character disappears as the kid moves away. But now they're doing this, and like one's coaching, and yeah. you know, one they created mini malls or whatever. Um, oh, now I want to watch Sandlot. I know. Thank you. I know. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe I should have saved that for the very end. <laughs> no, I love that. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, that's one of the lighter ones, which wasn't super light for some of the characters and what happened to them that get mentioned. No. Um, but it does also mention one of them becomes an actual yes. ball player, and that it, and they feel like they're still playing with him. Which and I really did appreciate. Is that. also very the Sandlot because one of them becomes a pro ball player. Yes, <laughs> yes. But then the other one-offs are not super light. I did really like the one. I don't remember what it's called, but Poke, Rod, and the guys all living in the house. Oh yeah, it's, I liked that one a lot. It was not light, so no. Is it four guys, five guys living in the house together? I honestly couldn't tell because it, they're they're a bunch of queer guys, so it's like there's a lot of guys mentioned outside of that that I was like, I don't know who's actually tracking in the house. who's who. Yeah, but Rod yeah. is basically like the head one who basically help take them off some of them off the streets or out of bad situations yeah. uh, they do all turn tricks but yep. rod is very like nope always condoms have to be safe um i think he's also against doing hard drugs like got to be clean like yep. just trying to be as safe as possible while doing this and keeping a roof over they're the getting head. tested like weekly mm-hmm. yeah yeah trying to be they're on prep yes yes um our main character in that one is Pope. Also, they go by um, not their real names. Was also one of the rules because they all had to have like yes. kind of like a code name, I guess. Yeah, I mean they're all kind of dick names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poke, Rod. I cannot remember any of the other ones. Oh, one was Nacho, I think. Oh yeah, so, that's I guess yeah. not really, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but that one was really interesting about their kind of almost like family dynamic. That they kind of created. Um, Poke and Rod are very close-ish. Um, basically, one of Rod's rules is if you test HIV positive, you have to leave the house. Have to leave. Yes. And unfortunately, he eventually tests positive, and he doesn't know how he contracted it. Um, and he tells Poke. He's, so he's the first one in the house that he tells. And then he tries to kind of get up the courage to tell the other guys... And a day becomes weeks, becomes months, and he doesn't come out with it. Pope tries to get him to talk, but he's also, like, he ends up leaving the house for stretches at a time with Emil, a guy that he's dating. Yep. Or. It's a John. It's a John. But but they do eventually start dating. Yeah. Um, And he's not there when eventually Rod gets kicked out of the house. I did think it was interesting because I I had wondered if the other guys were going to kind of rally and be like, no, it's fine. We're not going to catch this from you by breathing the same air. So why can't you live in the same house as us? Like, yeah. But unfortunately, they didn't all poke felt that way. 
yeah, I, I, I get the like ideal of why you would say something like that. Mm-hmm. So that like, as like a scare tactic, like if you don't respect your body enough to do everything you can to not catch AIDS, like being on prep and getting tested weekly and things like that. Um, then maybe this will scare you into doing that stuff. But also, yeah, like you can't catch AIDS like you can catch COVID people. (laughs) It feels that there's still some debate about how you can catch COVID. (laughs) I mean, there might be, but. But it's not like, oh, I'm sitting next to you. And just by sitting next to you, I'm increasing my chances. No, that's not how it works. No. And they know this. They know this. Like. Yeah, like, even if you're making out with someone who has AIDS, you're still not going to get AIDS. AIDS has to be contracted. Right. We have science to explain However, if you're making out with someone who has COVID, you're, like, got a high possibility of catching COVID. Don't go... Throwing that out there. Right. Um, But one of the things... I think it's Nacho. One of his reasonings for wanting right out of the house is because... They think that he has it because he's taking less Johns. They just they're just picking up on little clues here and there, and they and other people are now wondering if they have it and are not going oh, to yeah. them. That was one of their things. But I was just like, what year is it? Don't we all know how? Whatever. I mean, and and the fact that because I also was like, where? When is this supposed to take place? Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of clues as to like. Right. When this book is supposed to be based, right? The mention of prep. there's not a lot of talk of cell phones right. or things like that, um, but prep is still new mm-hmm. enough. Where I was like, oh shit, that it puts it, yeah, within the last what five, ten years, so. ten years at the most. Because yeah. we the, the hurricanes I mean, don't get mentioned until later. Also, that's the other right. that would be the other marker for us. They're not mentioned until after this chapter. Yeah, I feel like prep. Because prep is still new enough that they're not entirely sure if it works for women, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Like prep, all I can think of are the commercials that I yeah. like. Because there was a good while where it was like Hulu was yes. only giving me prep, and I and I was like, Hulu, do you know something that I don't? Like, I mean, honestly, at do this we point, need to talk? I would rather those than I kept getting at the beginning of quarantine. I kept getting Charmin commercials, and there were just the ads of the bears advertising the toilet paper like normal, and I was like, yes. Can we know our audience, Lulu, and not show me toilet paper that I can't even go buy right now? Yeah, can we also stop the COVID commercials? Like, I'm just... Oh, my God. Uh, uh, if I hear in these uncertain times, one more fucking time. <laughs> We're all in this together. Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we? Because mm-hmm. uh, American Airlines, I remember when I was trying to cancel a flight that we accidentally booked, and you weren't helping me out at all. So, um... Yeah. No, we're not at all in this together. Right. Right. Anyway. All of them. All of them. Just everybody. Just stop. Right. It's car commercials. It's insurance. It's, um, what else? Yeah. Also the car commercials that are like, we can do contactless, like delivery. I'm like, I, if I were buying a car, I would want to go test drive it, but okay. Yeah. Are you dropping it off so I can test drive it? You can drop off like three of them. (laughs) Like, how's this working? Yeah, like, so much of it. Also, just all of it. The commercials with the people, like this morning, so I sleep with the TV on because it is a white noise machine. In the summer, it tends to be just my air conditioner, Mm -hmm. but I don't leave the air conditioner running in the winter, so it's a TV. And um, 
I usually leave it on Nick at Night, but SpongeBob has me so like, I really don't like SpongeBob. <laughs> um, so I switched to um, not the Hallmark Channel because my stepmom didn't like it. <laughs> There's something about it that just really grates on my nerves. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I understand that SpongeBob is like the voice of a generation, but it is not the voice of my generation. <laughs> Actually, I guess the younger half of my generation, but also like SpongeBob. It's just not for you. Is No, he- no. And I'm sorry. But so I switched to Hallmark because then I wake up with Golden Girls and usually go to bed with Golden Girls. Nice. Like it's that's, you know, typically that's a good choice. And yeah, except for this one, I woke up where Betty White's character was having a heart attack, and I was like, oh, can I go back to bed? Yeah. Like, <laughs> with a happier episode. Oh. And then it was, like, Hallmark actors on their cell phones against a wall talking about, and I'm just like, no, I, this is, it's 7 a.m. I don't, I'm going, like, I actually went back to bed, because I was like, I don't need this <laughs> right now. That's probably, like, you know what? Yeah. It's probably my biggest complaint where I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to stop streaming things and just go to Netflix and HBO, like where I don't have commercials because you're pissing me off with all of your, we're in this together in certain times and our home is our playground and our office and our this and our that. I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah, don't care. You know what? I watch TV so I can escape that. Thank you. Yeah. And also, you're not going to make me buy your product anyway with this because you're just annoying me. Yeah, no. Yeah. I also don't remember which ones go with which, so. It's clearly no, not No, I just know the Geico ones drive me nuts. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, so prep commercials, yep. I, I feel like it was last summer where it was like yes. prep commercial, every yes. single commercial break. And to the point that I had the commercial memorized. Mm-hmm. And it annoyed me because I was like, of course prep, to be fair, like... I don't know if AIDS still affects primarily, like, I I don't, huh, AIDS was an epidemic, pandemic? Epidemic. I don't remember the difference between the words. For gay men, it doesn't just affect gay men, but also, like, there's part of me that was like, I understand why this commercial is geared for men, and at least, like, you're telling me that, hey, we're, we haven't done enough, enough testing to know the effectiveness for women, and I greatly appreciate that. But also... So many medical things are good towards men mm-hmm. and fixing male problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, oh, yep. huh. huh. Yeah. It came out in 2012. Or okay. it was approved, I should say, for market in 2012. And I'm trying to remember what year Harvey was. It was 2017. I'm so glad prep is a thing that yeah. you can get on and that they, we have found a way to minimize AIDS outbreaks. I don't want anybody to take away that. I just yeah. need everybody to understand that my brain is a very weird place to be. Okay. It's <laughs> a weird place for a lot of people. Like everyone's is a little weird place, especially right now. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that I feel like every time I talk, I need to like explain in like seven different circles. It's like, I'm not a terrible person. This is just <laughs> where my brain is right now. <sighs> But yes, you're totally right when the mention of prep is what made me realize, oh, this is like present-ish day or recent day. Yeah. So, because up till then, there were no markers for, there might have been a mention of a storm, but not by name. Yeah. And I, there was mention of phones, but I feel like 
even the cell cell phones have been around since you know the 90s so it's no longer a big marker for me i guess Mm -hmm. because we don't talk there's no talk of cell phone like or smartphones or going onto my phone to do my yeah i don't know facebook or banking or whatever you know so yeah Yeah, because i think um i've had a cell phone for 17 years i've had a cell phone literally longer over half my life so like it's just no longer yeah has it really been yeah yeah because i got my first one at 15 i got my first one in 2004 or 2005 so yeah god damn (laughs) yeah yeah the realization of how long i've had a cell phone is kind of eye-opening uh, also doing a psych rewatch and watching Sean take pictures or looking through it at pictures and being like, that's what it used to look like where you had to go into the folder. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Doing the same thing with Degrassi mm. and they have the little bitty phones because it's even like right before razors because the season I'm in, like everybody's got a razor mm-hmm. now and it's like the little bitty screens and they turn it around. <laughs> it's just like, oh boy, yeah. how did we do this? We didn't. We had digital cameras at the same time. Yes, That's you had your phone in your pocket and your digital out. camera hanging off your wrist when you were in the club because exactly. there are pictures of me in the club with that. Exactly. <laughs> Taken by my friends her with her digital camera. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you did. Yep. Yep. I spent a lot of my graduation money um, from my graduation from high school money buying a really nice digital camera mm. that like four years later became obsolete. Maybe not even four. I know. I still have mine somewhere. I think it's in a drawer. Yeah. I think mine's in the stuff at my mom's house. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I saw it recently. Yeah. And by recently, within the past three or four years. Technology. Who knows, honestly. How things change. Three years ago was two weeks ago. So yeah. Time has been difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I liked that chapter and how Pope and Emil kind of came to actually start dating. Yeah. And he does ask Emil for the favor of, can a friend stay here? I did think it was interesting. He did not tell him it was Rod because Emil did not react super well when Pope told him that Rod had tested positive. Um, So yeah, I see why he didn't tell, but then he goes to Rod and Rod refuses to go because the framing of that doesn't, hmm? It's like he doesn't want the charity, right. but... Right. And then he also was like, okay, so let's say your friend then wants to kick me out. I think I'm just going to go quietly, and then I ruin that for you, because... Yeah. So... And I think maybe a little bit of pride, too. Definitely. Yeah. But then Pope gets mad and leaves. But then he comes back every now and then and just kind of watches Rod from afar and checks on him until the day where he can't find him. Yeah. But I just thought that was very interesting with, like, because family is what you create. It doesn't, it's not always blood. So the family that they created, but then how the family eventually came apart. Because the other thing Rod tells him is there was a coup, and they took all my stuff and my money. Which was like, oh, that's Yeah, bullshit. that was fucked up. Yeah, they didn't just kick him out. And that is, that was terrible. Yeah. Also, the discussion of, like, writing, um public transportation to kind of find mm-hmm. them and, and things right. like that because he also mentioned the um, lift in this one too which if we hadn't already had the prep reference it was like oh lift <laughs> yeah well lift's also not that old either yeah but probably has been around since 2012 too so 
Has it been? I don't know. I was just trying to think how long, because... I'm trying to think. When did I turn 25? Oh, my God. June So I turned 25 in 2013. 2012? And I feel like... It was founded in 2012. Because I definitely remember feeling weird about getting into other people's cars. Yeah, at first. Same. And then just word of mouth was like, oh, so this is just a thing that's really done in cities. Because <laughs> I didn't live yeah. in a city. Um, so... Okay, question for the end of the book. Okay. How do you think it goes with him and Miguel? <sighs> I don't think we've really talked about Miguel. Miguel's a friend at a restaurant. They work together. Um, yes. Miguel wor- was working very hard to save up enough money to send his parents back home to Mexico. And he did. He was able to. Um, they asked him to go with him and he declined. He decided to stay, but like, his mood is off and... It, He's reacting to his parents being gone. Like, yes, he was working towards this goal this whole time, but the reality of it when they actually leave, he kind of lashes out a bit in different ways, fights, physically fights with their boss at the restaurant, um, yells at people before that he's yelling at people and stuff. So not that it's okay, but you can see why, like, it's affecting him because now his parents are gone, his family's gone. Um, So he ends up over at... Uh, oh, by this time, Nicholas's mom is gone. And he ends up over at his house, and they're talking, and then they end up upstairs together, and they both talk about how you could go with your family. Like, he could go with his mom, Miguel could go back to Mexico, or to Mexico, back to Mexico with his parents. Um, but Miguel wants to see, like, about them staying and seeing what this could be, this being, like, the thing between the two of them. And when he falls asleep, Nicholas takes his car, and he drives down to the water, He's in the water and it ends like I thought it was really interesting the way it ends with him praying for the dead, praying for Javi, then also praying for his mom, for Jan, for for everyone in his life, like praying for people. Um, Except for Miguel. Yeah, he actually doesn't. Thinking about it, he doesn't actually mention Miguel. Let me see if Miguel could. No, he he's there's a comment of like, not the guy that's in my room. He should be praying for his own family or something. It was weird. It's a really weird ending. I have too many things highlighted. Find it. Yeah, I start to pray for the boy in my bed, but really he should be praying for me or maybe his family. We've all yeah. got our priorities, and he's prayed for his, for Javi, Jan, mom, his father. Um, but then he also says, um, like something's getting a little closer or I'm getting a little closer, close, close to enough to trust him and just give it a go. And honestly, I wonder how anyone ever gets away from all that. I used to think you could. So I can go one of two ways on Mm -hmm. this Um, because our narrator does not have the best track history with love. Uh, He does fall in love. Another point with a guy tutoring uh, who ends up, yeah, and who ends up moving to Dallas and is like, you can come with me. And he's like, no. Um, and so from like the English degree in me goes, <laughs> the fact that he's in water is usually a sign of rebirth or renewing mm-hmm. kind of thing, like a washing away and a restart. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, 
there's a high chance they'll work out. And also the like slightly optimistic person that lives inside of me wants them mm-hmm. to. But if you're going to work out simply because neither of you want to leave this area, is that healthy? Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about the tutor whose name we never get. He's just referred to as the white boy that he's seeing. Yes. But he's teaching him Spanish. And in Spanish, she says, I love you. He says, te amo. They say it to each other. And when he gets the promotion, they talk about, they don't really talk, talk about it. And when he leaves that day, he he basically says, I walked out of his life. Now I know how easy it is basically to do that to someone. Um, And he never sees him again. So I like to think that if the water is the rebirth, like that whole thing, <laughs> and that he is yeah, like try to give it a go, but like a healthy go, and maybe they actually do move away from the area, that they're not staying in the area for the area, but they're staying there right now because this is where they are, and if they're able to find better opportunities elsewhere, maybe they'll go after that. I like the idea that of finding someone, because the thing that like I truly believe about love is that you have to find someone whose cracks line up with yours, mm. whose breaking points and, and whose damage lines up with yours. And the fact that both of them are guys who had opportunities within their families, which means like, that's a lot that you can lean on to get away from this. And they both said, no, and they're both probably struggling for a reason to move forward in life. I, but also, then I'm like, your reason for living should not be another person. Also, yes. <laughs> no, also, like, yes. Also, yes. But, but, but I agree. I like the optimistic outlook that you're giving of, like, let's grow together. Mm-hmm. Trying to be optimistic. And maybe we can, out- yeah, and maybe we can outgrow this yeah. and find a way to move on. There's a we do get there's this one part where his mom says love is a verb it's an active thing something you have to do and I really liked that because it's very true <laughs> um, yes it you it's something you have to like be conscious about and how like and how you're expressing it and. I don't know. I like that. That's not included in this chapter. It's in a previous chapter, but relating that to this, I'm just like, maybe they'll like try to grow together. But also at the same time, I totally agree. Your reason for being your reason for happiness cannot be another person. That's not a healthy way to be. It's also not healthy to put, it's not fair to put that on someone else. I mean, as a reminder, I am a jaded single woman (laughs) who like can pretty much talk myself out of any love any like concept of love that comes up in a book or IRL. Like this is just one of my fun party tricks as a pessimistic jaded <laughs> asshole, um, <laughs> including my own crushes and love life. Um, and, but love is something that you have to work hard at. And th- was this also the discussion of like, was it he talking about how his dad kept falling in love and, or am I getting this from Negrassi again? it's like the serotonin's going off in your brain and i might be this might be something else i know i highlighted it uh i feel like i'm quoting something else now um 
his brother was constantly chasing that high. That that first. I found it. Okay. So it was months after their dad left. She sat him and Javi down and said that if they remembered nothing else that she taught them to remember that love was a verb. And, um, okay. And it was just, that's, that was it really. And it was also, it's mentioned in the chapter where right before that, you know, he's actually trying at school and stuff, but at the same time, he can't afford to go anywhere else, but also leaving would leave her alone. Um, right. Her sister left. Javi is gone. His dad left her so mom would be alone and also broke and he didn't feel that he could do that to her. And it's interesting because usually when there's a kid that feels that way, it's because of a family dynamic or um, a cultural dynamic where it's like, um, oh, the book we read, the chocolate water, like water for mm. chocolate. Like, mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, you have to take care of your mom kind of thing. And there is nothing of that here. Yeah. Like his mom is like, go, right. go, go be go. your own person. Yeah. Are you going to come with me? Or you, and then eventually yeah. it's, are you going to come with me? Or you're going to go like, what are you doing? Are you going to stay yeah. here? But she does try to convince him to get out um, of this area to try to be his own person and also hopefully a better than what she had. Yeah. I hope that they're able to make it work. And if not forever, then at least long enough that it never feels like it was a failure. Right. Or a waste of time, I guess, would be a better way of expressing that. Yeah. God, I guess that is my biggest fear. Wasting time. Mm. Huh. <laughs> I think I just subtweeted. I think that's just what just happened. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to leave that in or not. I mean... Um, <laughs> I understand not wasting time. You can take that out, leave it, whatever. I like get it, get it. <laughs> <sighs> this no, this is also going on the shelf of things. Like I need to buy a physical copy of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the cover. We haven't talked oh, about that at yeah. all. Um, it is uh, a fire hydrant that is spraying what looks like um, graffiti paint. In these like really bright colors, mm-hmm. it's blue and yellow and green and purple. Um, it's really simple, but it's really pretty. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I really, really enjoyed this. It just we didn't pick this book based on what is going on in the world right now. It had nothing to do with that, but it lined up so much with what is going on in the world right now that. It almost was too much because of that. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Although there was like the slightly lighter times here and there. Yeah. But it was it was a little heavier than we thought. But there were a lot of heavy things on Obama's end of year list <laughs> when we were looking. Yeah. I, to be fair, yeah, we went yeah. through a bunch of them, and a lot of them were heavy. And um, and it's not heavy. I don't want to say there's like a hopeful vibe in the book. It just is kind of like, this is what it is. It's not trying to be heavy and it's not trying to make light of a heavy situation. It just is. This is this neighborhood. Yeah. And sometimes it's a bunch of people, a bunch of neighbors being dramatic as fuck. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's that 
you have to pay to continue to ride public transportation because you have nowhere else to go. Right. Right. Mm. Book drink? Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, the only thing that I drink alcoholic-wise with this book was Red Bull and vodka because that's about <laughs> the only alcoholic drink I've had this week. Um, I drink a lot of Dr. Pepper, um, but like, I guess the talk of the restaurants and the food made me really want like a good Bloody Mary, which doesn't necessarily go with that food, but Mm. for some reason that's what I really wanted. What about you? Drinking a lot of like sort of rum punch, but really it's just like the fruity, fruity juice that you can buy from the store, like like mm-hmm. mango, whatever, pineapple, whatever, with rum. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> it's a little really refreshing good. because it gets really hot in Houston. I mean, it's also hot and muggy here, but yeah, um, I've definitely been drinking a lot of that. Can't think of any other like drinks that came. There's up no dur- drink. Yeah, during yeah. There's no- yeah. So yeah, I like the idea of a fruity rum punch that's nice and refreshing <laughs> and light. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, something light to balance out this book. I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. You're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we get into what we're reading next for the podcast, what are you reading that's not for the podcast? <sighs> I honestly feel like at this point it's like, I promise I will read something. I just don't know what it is yet. <laughs> I know um, that feeling for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's. There, uh, do I even have anything on my radar? I, like, I don't know. I'm looking to see what books I even have checked out from the library. Someone, either I just had a bunch of library loans come in or something, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Valid. How about you? Do you have anything? Yes, because I... I promise I will read something, <laughs> but I don't know what it'll be. Because I didn't what finish about you? the heat section, I'm going to finish the heat section. Of, I'm basically going to keep chipping away at this book until I'm done with it. I really would love Hell to come yes. to the next one and be like, surprise, I finished the whole thing, but I don't think it's going to happen before we yeah. record next. <laughs> but yeah, I, it does feel like, I promise I'm going to read it. I promise. But like, it's really good, and I'm, I want to read the whole thing yeah. and make something, but I like... So I just need to like finish it <laughs> yeah no i mean we're still adjusting and I, and both of us our reading time was commutes and that's also very true that's yeah, yeah i did a lot of reading and yeah yeah that's changed so but yeah trying to adapt and sometimes it's just easier to zone out in old episodes of psych or now what we do in the shadows so yeah, I so HBO Max started this week and uh, watched the first six episodes of Pretty Little Liars again. And man, I love how insane that show is. Um, but I also turned on Big Bang Theory, which I used to watch every week. Mm-hmm. That show was terrible. <laughs> that show was awful. That show has so much sexual harassment. Oh, shit. And like, it's like, and... Uh, 
is just rude and like degrading towards so many and i just also really want to kill sheldon the entire time like i live with some i've lived with and have many neuro uh neuroatypical i don't remember what the term is people in my life and sheldon is awful like I mean, I have babysat some, there are some extremely autistic kids in my life, and none of them are as bad as Sheldon. I've never, and yeah, I've never watched it, but I got the sense that I, I wasn't going to like it. <laughs> no, I don't recommend it at all. And I don't know why I said and watched a season and a half of it, other than the fact that like, HBO never seems to ask me if I'm like still watching. Oh, Yeah. And that may be why, because I think I just, like, leave it on and yeah. kind of wander around the apartment. Yeah. I just need background yeah. noise, so. I am in. And Pretty Little Liars, I actually sit Yeah. So <laughs> like, I can't leave that on. I can't on. leave the background. <laughs> I am in season four of my Crazy Ass Girlfriend rewatch, and I still have not felt the need for a big break. And I think it's because yeah. I know the diagnosis. I know the reasons. Like, I, and I think I, like, because I know what's coming, that. So I've just been able to keep going with it. But God damn it, do I still hate Josh Chan. And that actor seems like such, like, he he does a great <laughs> job of playing him. But, like, oh, my God. He, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. And I really do like yeah. him as a person, yes. Ugh. But, yeah, no, he, yeah. That uh, character yeah. is, the, like, the worst with just everything's not about you and you're running away and avoiding conversations by pretending like you want to become a priest and like god when rebecca confronts him spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen this when rebecca confronts him for leaving her at the altar and she says everything she's ever done like she's done his take on that is none of it's my fault thank you god and then he leaves and he's not a priest anymore like he's such a shit such a that shit. Is, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. that is why season three does go the way it does. But oh mm-hmm. boy, oh so, boy. But I'm almost done with my rewatch, and now I don't know what to rewatch next. <laughs> you should watch Eye Zombie next. <laughs> that's not a rewatch. <laughs> I know that's, that's not background that's true. stuff. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Uh, Maybe Agents of Shield because it premiered on Wednesday, and I forgot, so I watched it. Friday night and as soon as it started I was like oh no guys I need a last time on because I don't know what's happening I could not I didn't rewatch yeah. the last season so I could not remember what happened I had to go to Wikipedia to tell me okay got way off topic so so you're gonna read something I'm gonna finish heat yes. I swear and next time we'll be there. you're going to read a chunk of heat you're yes. not going to promise to finish it before the end next episode you want to finish okay i'm gonna read a chunk of it but let's hope i come back and i'm like i finished it <laughs> well that section yes if you do then that's an awesome accomplishment yes. yes and then next time for the podcast the challenge is a recommendation from someone we trust uh the, the someone we trust is me <laughs> yes someone i trust is stephanie someone that our guest trust yes. is stephanie because we are having two guests on we are having two Awesome friends to the podcast. We're having Ollie Brady and Tim Lowe come back, and it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be a lot of laughing, a lot of probably going off on tangents. I feel that I can safely guess that. And yeah, it's yeah. going to be a good time. 
It's going to be something. It's going to be something. Because <laughs> we are reading uh, um, Fear, a Fear Street book that I loved growing up. Uh, Fear Street is the first of the Fear Street cheerleader series, The First Evil, by R.L. Stein, And I am so ready to revisit these. <laughs> because you know it's going to happen. We're only reading the first one. And I will then read all of the rest of the ones that I have. Oh, you will. Ollie, I don't know. We'll have to we'll see. see. We'll see. Yeah. Ollie, because Ollie reads books in a very strange manner. Because it was like, because uh, I'm going to actually refine what they both said that they were going to read next to see if they actually Ooh, read them. Uh, and I remember Ollie talking about how he rereads things like in the order that he read them. Mm. Not necessarily like in series order. So it's like Ooh. the next book he was going to read was not the next book in the series that we were reading. It was interesting. Yeah. Well, if so. we were doing it that way, then I'd have us reading the second one because I read the second one before I read the first one, <laughs> which I will talk about next week. <laughs> I'm very excited because I cannot remember if I've read these or not. Uh, I read enough R.L. Stein, but I don't remember if I read yeah. these or not. And I really hope I did. And I also really hope I didn't. So. <laughs> I really, I'm just excited. It'll be great. Yeah, I'm so ready. I hope everyone was able to find them easily because I don't know that. It's an okay, ebook. Okay. Yeah, it is an ebook. Because uh, I had the same thing where I was like, oh, you know, uh, I don't know if I can get this in time. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, it's on Kindle. Yeah. This is okay. fine. That, yeah, whatever. $9.99 on Kindle. Jesus. I know it's cost like this book was probably yeah. five bucks at the yeah, most when exactly. it was released. And yeah. Also, the physical copy is eight ninety nine. But I have picked up Amazon. How all your Kindle prices, most of them, went above the paperback copy since quarantine started. I see you. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So <laughs> we'll be back with Fishy Cheerleaders, the first evil. And I know we usually sign off saying to please support your local libraries. And yes, please continue to do so as you can. But uh, maybe also try supporting some Black-owned book- bookstores across America. Um, were you going to link this in the show notes? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'll also drop it on social media as well when we release the episode. Yeah. Um, came across one that I think was essentially at least one owned independent um, Black bookstore in each state but it's at least 50 of them across mm-hmm. the, um, the U.S. Yeah. This is a good article. So thank you for finding this. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, stay safe out there. <laughs>